I, uh, I heard a story, and I want to share this story with you because it fits really well with what we're talking about today. Let me remind you that we're in the middle, well, the beginning, I guess, of our summer series all about the parables of Jesus. So we're going to look at a parable today, the parable of the speck in the log. But here's a story. Um, there's this couple, and they moved into a new house. They bought a house. They're all excited because buying a house is a really exciting thing. So they get this new house, they move in, they get all their stuff inside, and they go to sleep for the first night. Uh, they wake up the next morning, and the wife decides that she's going to look out of her bedroom window. They're on the second floor, so she's up second floor. She looks out the bedroom window, and she can see down into the neighbor's yard and the neighbor's driveway. And she looks down into the neighbor's driveway, and she sees the neighbor's car. And she immediately thinks to herself, wow, that is the dirtiest car I've ever seen. Like, they really need to clean their car. It's, it's terrible. It's gross. And she says, hey, honey, come here. Her husband comes in, and she's like, look how dirty and filthy their car is. Can you believe how dirty it is? I can't believe this. And they're like, oh, wow, it's just filthy. Can't believe that. Well, like every day for the next several weeks, this lady would wake up, look out her window, and say the same thing. Why will they not just wash that car? They must be lazy. They must be crazy. Like, what in the world is going on? Why won't they just wash that car? Like, two months go by, and she does the same thing every single day. And then one morning, she wakes up and looks out the window, and she goes, they cleaned the car. I can't believe it. Come here, honey. Look at this. They cleaned it. They fought. Someone taught them how to clean the car. And her husband says, no, I woke up early this morning and I cleaned our windows. Yeah, you get it? Get it? The car was never dirty. The window was dirty. And she was saying all these terrible things about her neighbor in the car because she thought the car was dirty, but the whole time the window was dirty. So it was her own fault. It wasn't a dirty car at all. Now in the parable that we're going to study today, Jesus talks about the inclination that people have to judge others and to point out what they're doing wrong before they will look inwardly at what they themselves are doing wrong. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 5 here in a second. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. It's much easier to notice the sins and the wrongs of other people before you'll even think about what you are doing wrong yourself. It's easy to assume that you're doing everything right and then point out the wrong in others' lives because it, it, it's not easy to admit that you're wrong. Admitting that you're wrong takes humility and it's not an easy thing for a lot of people to do. So what Jesus is saying in this parable is that you need to avoid self-righteousness. Avoid self-righteousness by evaluating and looking at your own behavior before you pass judgment on to someone else. Self-righteousness means this. Sometimes a person who is self-righteous will be called um, that they have a holier-than-thou attitude, someone that's always acting above, morally better, like they're always doing the right thing and they're always making the right decisions, but no one else around them is doing the right thing. That's what a self-righteous person does. Someone who's always correcting the behavior of other people. Who's, who's always looking at what they're doing, what other people are doing that they don't like, but they're never even thinking about what are they themselves doing that is wrong. And if you don't understand the parable that Jesus is using to teach this, then you're going to end up being a self-righteous person. You'll be a hypocrite, and you are going to bring God's judgment onto yourself. And we don't want that. 
So we need to understand what is Jesus talking about and how do we make sure that we're not being self-righteous. So let's look at the verse. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. It says this, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, it seems like everyone in the whole world loves that first verse. Verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. People who aren't even Christians will love this verse. People will say, hey, aren't you a Christian? Don't you know that your Bible, that your God says that you can't judge? You shouldn't judge me. People are going to say, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. You can't judge me. You don't need to say anything about me. You just need to mind your own business because only God can judge me. And they'll say, hey, Jesus says that if you judge others, then you're going to be judged too. So just don't even pay attention to what I'm doing. Don't judge. Just not do that. I mean, it's in so many song lyrics today. People just take this, they don't understand what it means, and they'll put it out there in their songs. People love this verse because it seems like what Jesus is saying is nobody ever needs to judge anyone for anything. But that's a misunderstanding of what Jesus is saying. See, people are going to use this verse incorrectly to avoid conviction of sin, to avoid feeling guilty for what they've been doing that's wrong. So let me just say this. If your parents come up to you and they say, hey, you've been talking back to me way too much and you need to cut it out. You cannot look at them and say, Jesus says not to judge others, so don't judge me. That's not the right way to use this verse. Maybe you have a friend that comes up to you and says, hey, you've been making really bad choices lately, so I'm, I have to stop hanging out with you because I don't, I don't need that. We can't do that. The wrong thing for you to do would be to say, whoa, did you not, Jesus says that you shouldn't judge people. You're judging me. You're sinning. Fine. I don't even want to be your friend because you're doing what Jesus says not to do. That's not how we use this verse. That's not what it means. That's not the right application. There is a proper time and place to exercise wise judgments. So Jesus is not saying that you should never make any kind of judgment call at all. He's getting at a very specific form of judgment. So here's an example. When you're trying to make friends, if you're new to a place, you're trying to make friends, you have to be wise about who you're going to surround yourself with. So if you see a group of people and they're always making bad decisions, they're always doing things that you know is sin, you need to make a wise judgment call. Not judging them and saying, whoa, they're really bad people. I'm not going to be friends with them. But the judgment there would be, The Bible says to not do these things, so I'm not going to associate myself with them. I need to go and find friends. They're going to help bring me closer to Jesus. That's a wise judgment, right? Now, here's another example. Maybe you move to a new place, and your your parents and you are looking for a new church to attend. You're going to use wise judgment. You're going to ask yourself questions. What are the pastors preaching? Are they preaching truth? How are the people at this church acting? Are they nice? Are they kind? Are they loving each other? Do Do they welcome us? And you're going to be making these wise judgments in a situation like that. Okay? So for clarity, that's not the judgment that Jesus is talking about. So what is he saying? He's saying this. Point number one. Stop criticizing others. 
Stop criticizing others. He's saying that you don't need to be overly critical of other people, especially here, of other Christians. So to criticize means to point out the faults of others in a disapproving way. If you're a critical person, if you are overly critical, then you are always going to be thinking about and noticing and even pointing out the wrong in other people. And not just what they're doing wrong, but you're going to point out things about them that you just don't like. That's being an overly critical person. This is what Jesus is saying to avoid in Matthew chapter 7. So first of all, this criticism, it could be something that's completely in your mind. It could just be a battle of your mind. It could be a situation where you're talking to a group of people and somebody jumps in the conversation and like interrupts it and maybe you sit there and you're just judging that person. You're criticizing that person. I can't believe they just did that. How rude of them. They must be a terrible person. I can't believe they would do this. Can, I can, this is just the worst. I'm so mad at them. I can't believe that. You're just thinking it. You're not saying anything, but you're judging. You're being way too critical of the person in that moment. Or maybe you're, you're the type of person where when you walk around in public, maybe at the mall or the spectrum or something, and you're constantly judging other people in your mind that are walking by you. You're constantly thinking about people, ooh, what are they wearing? Those shoes need to get cleaned. Those pants are gross. They look rude. They look mean. Whoa, like, you know what I mean? You're constantly making these weird, wrong judgment and overly critical decisions about them in your mind. And that's wrong. That's not Okay. So it could be something in your mind, but also it could be something that you do with your mouth, with your voice. You could be actually pointing out things about people that are wrong or that you don't like. So for example, maybe you're the type of person who is always correcting someone else whenever they're doing something wrong. Maybe you've got friends who are using bad words at school, and you're always the first person to say, hey, whoa, 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 you shouldn't do that. Cut it out. Don't do that. Maybe someone tells you, hey, I watched this movie the other night, and it's not an appropriate movie. And you feel the need to jump in and say, whoa, you really shouldn't have watched that movie. I can't believe you did that. That's cr- you should not have seen that. You shouldn't be doing that. This is wrong. You shouldn't watch that show. So it could be something like that. Or maybe even something else that's not a sin. Maybe someone around you, you feel like they talk too much, or they talk too loud, or they talk too quiet, or whatever, fill in the blank. And you're the type of person that's going to just jump in the conversation and say, wow, you really talk too much. You really need to stop doing that. You're kind of annoying. You need to quit that. Don't do that. You're overly critical. That's what the point is here. You don't need to be overly critical of others. All right? So if that's what Jesus means by judging others, why is it wrong? Why is this wrong in the first place? Well, it's wrong, first of all, because it's not loving. It doesn't come from the right place. Your motivations are not right. And we're going to talk about this here in a few minutes. But Jesus gives a clear warning as to why you shouldn't be judging like this, right? He says, essentially, don't judge others so that you won't be judged yourself. Verse 2 says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So let's think about this. When you're judging others, when you're being overly critical, when you're constantly pointing out the sins of other people, what you're doing is by pointing it out, you are acknowledging and admitting that you know that it's a wrong thing to do. So whenever you turn around and you do the same things that you're pointing out that you know is wrong, you're actually putting judgment on yourself as well. So if you judge other people for gossip, and then you gossip yourself, what you've done 
is you've just pronounced judgment on yourself. You've pointed out, oh, that's wrong. And you've gone and you've done the same exact thing. When I was in high school, I worked out at this gym back in Savannah, Georgia, where I'm from originally. And there were these two brothers, Mikey and Will. Mikey was the older brother. Will was the younger brother. Mikey would... um, He's really, really strong. He's a couple years younger than me, but this dude was like crazy strong. Could power clean like 300-something pounds. This is insane. He'd throw the weight up over his head. Just nuts. But he was so into this weightlifting thing that if he ever missed one, missed a lift and dropped the weight, he'd get really angry and he would just start screaming bad words. Just like really upset. And he did this all the time. People knew Mikey as this guy that was going to just say bad words a lot if he missed a rep. Well, Mikey's little brother... Will, a couple years younger than Mikey, one day we were in the gym. Will was also really strong, so he's trying to get all this weight, trying to throw it up, just crazy. And he missed it. He didn't get it, and he dropped the weight, and then he starts yelling bad words. Mikey decides that, meanwhile, he's across the gym, okay? He yells out to his brother, hey, watch your mouth. And the whole entire gym was like, what? Like, that's the first time I've ever heard him do that. But meanwhile, you do this like all the time. Like, what? This is, something's not right here. This isn't good. You understand when Mikey was saying, hey, watch your mouth, he was not only pronouncing judgment on his brother, but he was judging himself too because he's guilty of that same exact thing. And the Bible says that whenever you're doing this, not only are you judging others and then pronouncing judgment on yourself, but God will judge you harder because you're doing something that you know is wrong. We want to avoid this kind of judgment. Romans chapter 2, verse 1, write that one down. It says this, Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. The ju- because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Very clearly in God's word, we have, when you judge others, you're judging other people for the very same things that you do. You guys know the, the silly, like childish thing that you, you hear whenever you're pointing and accusing other people, and you're like, when you point at me, you have three fingers pointing back to yourself. Have you heard that before? No one? Yes? Well, this is the similar thing, right? When you're pronouncing judgment on others, when you're looking at other people and you're saying, oh, I can't believe you would do this. You did this. That's wrong. Judge, judge, judge. You're judging yourself because the reality is we're all sinners and we're all sinning in the same ways, most likely. So let's not just pronounce judgment. Let's not be so quick to judge people because it just doesn't make any sense. I want you to imagine that there was a judge in, in the court system. You know, the judge in the big robe and the, the what do you call that thing? Gavel. gavel. I, I remembered it last night, but I forgot the word today. The gavel, right? And let's say that the judge is about to pronounce a judgment, a, a sentence to someone who is a murderer. And the judge says, I hereby sentence you to life in prison. And then, a couple days later, you find out that the judge who put the murderer in prison is a serial killer. Look, that wouldn't, I know it sounds crazy, but that wouldn't make any sense. Because the judge that said, you're going to prison for life, has also committed the same exact sin, but more than just once. That wouldn't make any sense. The judge who says, you're going to jail, has been doing the same exact things, right? And so what, the, what God's word is saying is, when you judge you're condemning yourself because you do the same things. You sin too. So Christians just need to slow down and stop 
criticizing others so quickly. You need to just take a minute and think, not just to be so fast to point out the sins of other people, but to think about yourself. And look, again, we're not just talking about primarily things that are sinful. If you're the type of person that's criticizing people for doing things that you don't personally like, whether it be, like I said, talking too much, talking too fast, talking too loud, fill in the blank, whatever little personality thing that you don't like, that's not even a sin, don't be so critical of others. You understand? Don't be the first person to just say, oh, I don't like this person because, because they did this, they, you know, whatever it is. It's silly to do that. So we can't be overly critical. Jesus says that kind of judgment has got to stop. So Jesus, he continues on and he, he gives this illustration. This is the, the parable that we're getting at. It says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? I want you to think about a speck, how tiny a little itty bitty speck is, like, like one little piece of glitter or one little thing of dust floating around in the air. That's a speck, super tiny. I want you to think about how big a log is. Like logs are huge, these giant pieces of wood. So Jesus is saying, how is it that you're going to look at your brother or your sister in Christ and you're going to say, hey, come here, let me get that tiny little speck out of your eye. It's bothering me. When you have a log like sticking out of your face, how are you going to correct someone for a little speck when you've got something protruding from your face that's extremely obvious? It's crazy. It's silly. But the fact is that Christians, people do that very often. So then Jesus says, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? So you're seeing not only is something that you battle with in your mind and, and just noticing and thinking, but maybe you take it a step further and you're actually saying these things with your mouth. Number two, write it down this way. Repent of your own sin before you point out others. You need to notice and repent of your own sin before you would even think about noticing and pointing out the sin of others. This type of person that we're talking about, it's the person who's always thinking about the wrong, like we said. Um, when, I was, when I was your age, I played basketball for my school Calvary Day School in Savannah, Georgia. We were the Cavaliers, and, I, uh, and our colors were purple and gold. Kind of lame, but oh well. Um, I played basketball for this, this team, and um, I would get so mad at my teammates. We would play games, and all I would do the whole game was point out what they were doing wrong. You missed this shot. You did a double dribble here. You traveled here. You, you should have made that layup. You should have done this. You should have done that. And I would get in the car with my dad after the game to go home. And like the whole way home, I would just tell my dad, like, can you believe how bad that was? Like, this kid was doing this and it was wrong. And this was bad. And this was wrong. And, this, and, and, and that's why we lost. And they're just terrible. They're just terrible. Well, finally, one day, my dad just got tired of me being so critical. And he said, Jacob, listen, do you not realize that like they're all playing in the game, but you're sitting on the bench? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And he's like, why do you think they're playing and you're not? 
like your coach thinks that they're better than you. Tough love for my dad, but it was a good lesson. I needed to learn it. The point is, while I was being so overly critical of my teammates, I wasn't realizing I'm worse than them. (laughs) And that's why I wasn't in the game. And if my coach had put me in the game, it would have been a lot worse. But because I was so critical of my teammates and all I could think about was what they were doing wrong, I never even took a second to think about why am I not playing? Because I'm not any good. And that's the truth. So you can't be that type of person. You need to think about what are you doing wrong. Repent of your own sin before you point out others' sins. Jesus is saying that Christians need to stop looking at what others are doing. and You need to start looking inward. Start looking at your own life. Think about what are you doing wrong? What sins are you committing? What bad attitude do you have? How are you thinking poorly of others? Some Christians can go through an entire life and be so blind to their sin. And we shouldn't be that way. And you get to be blind to your sin for multiple reasons. Number one of these reasons is that you're not reading the Bible. God's word very, very clearly tells Christians exactly what he hates and what he loves. So if you're reading the Bible and you're understanding what God hates and what he loves, then you need to be trying to love what he loves, doing the things that he says to do. So if you make it a habit to be reading the Bible, there will come a time where you read a passage of scripture and the Holy Spirit convicts you and says, yeah, the sin that Jesus is talking about here, you do this and you need to repent. But if you're not reading the Bible, If you're not paying attention in church, if you're not engaging in small groups, sometimes you will just go through life and never actually see the sin that you're committing. Can't be blind to your sin at all. Verse 4, right, Jesus, he he talks about the people who are actually going out and, and, and saying and pointing people's sins out and saying, you do this and you need to stop. And the point is, how can you tell someone that they're doing something wrong, that they're sinning, when you've actually got a lot more sin going on in your own life than that person? Here's an example. If you are being overly critical of someone because you know that they told a lie once a few weeks ago, and you're judging that person, and you're like, I can't believe they would do this. I can't believe that this happened. Ah, That person is just not a good person. Meanwhile, you're addicted to stealing things. Take the log out of your own eye. Understand? Maybe you are, I don't know, mad at someone because they cut you in line in the lunch line, and you just hold a grudge against this person, and you can't believe the audacity, how rude they are, how they must be an awful person, but you're beating kids up in PE. Like, take the log out of your own eye. Understand? Quit paying attention to the speck in other people and take the log out of yours. Maybe you get upset at your friend or your sibling for, I don't know, just being a little bit annoying, and then you hold it against them, and you're so critical and so judgmental over this person but you're actually just really rude to people all the time. Take the log out of your own eye. You need to notice your sin before you will start to notice what other people are doing wrong. So like I said, you got to make sure that you're aware of your own sins before you're concerned about anyone else's. So you've got to be reading the Bible. And another thing that Christians need to be doing is 
obviously, we all need to be praying. And when you pray, you need to pray and say, God, please make me aware of my sin. God, help me to be aware and see all the areas in my life that I am falling short. And as you pray that prayer, God will answer that prayer. I promise you that. If you say, God, please show me where I'm falling short. Please show me the areas in my life where I'm not pleasing you, where I'm not glorifying you. He will make you aware. And then when you become aware, you have to repent of that sin. Jesus has a word for people who are always pointing out the wrongs in others but then never paying attention to what they're doing wrong themselves. And the word he has for these people you can find in verse 5, and that is hypocrite. Jesus says, you hypocrite. If you are this type of person, you're a hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. A hypocrite means... Like we said, is someone who's telling others not to do things and then you go and do the very things that you have already said you shouldn't be doing. That's hypocritical. You shouldn't be doing that. So, for example, if you tell your friends, hey, you should really stop it with the bad language, but then you're doing the same thing, that makes you a hypocrite. You're being hypocritical in that scenario. So instead of being a hypocrite, what you need to do is take the log out of your own eye before you even think about pointing out someone else's sin. There is a place in the Christian life. There is a place among you and your Christian friends to be holding each other accountable. So Jesus says very clearly, there there is an appropriate time for you to approach someone, your brother or sister in Christ, and to say, hey, I'm telling you this because I love you, but what you're doing is sin and you need to repent. So here's number three. Properly hold other Christians accountable. You have to do it properly. Jesus has talked about the improper way. You should not be constantly judging and criticizing other people while you have all these things going on that you're not paying attention to and you don't see your own sin. That's not the right way to do it. But the right way, the proper way to do it, is to make sure that you are living up to the standard that Jesus sets. No, you're not going to be perfect. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect before you do this at all. But you have to make sure that there's no glaring and obvious sin in your life before you go and start to point out sins in other people. Here's an example of how to hold someone accountable properly. Okay, um, You guys know who Pastor Lucas is, right? Pastor Lucas. So one day I was talking to Pastor Lucas, and I made the mistake of telling him that I want to start running, that I want to get in better shape. And he just smiled at me and said, oh, do you now? And I said, yeah, I I do. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to hold you accountable to that, Pastor Jacob. I'm going to make sure that you're running. I'm going to make sure that you're actually doing this. I said, all right, yeah, that sounds great. I did not know what I was getting myself into. Because maybe two or three times a week, Pastor Lucas will look at me and he'll say, hey, man, you been running? Say, hey, man. He even had me download this app where I like log my runs and stuff and told me every time I go on a run, I need to log it so he can see it, you know? And he's like, dude, I haven't, I haven't seen you on Strava lately. I haven't seen where, what's been going on. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just haven't been doing it. And you know, the thing about this is like, I don't mind Pastor Lucas holding me accountable 
Because Pastor Lucas is the type of guy that runs like 20 miles at a time. I'm not exaggerating. Like if you go look at his Strava account, he ran like 20 miles two days ago. All at the same time before he came to work in the morning. Right? So I don't mind him holding me accountable to this because he's putting it into practice. He's in great shape. He's running all the time. It would be totally different if Pastor Lucas was a couch potato. If he sat on the couch all day long and he ate potato chips and watched TV and then he was coming up to me and he was saying, bro, why aren't you running? I'd be like, why do you care? You don't run. What's going on here? Does that make sense? He's properly holding me accountable because he's actually living this thing out. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build another up just as you are doing. So accountability done properly is building each other up. It's a positive thing. You're not tearing each other down when you do this. Whenever you are just criticizing and calling out sins and you're not paying attention to yourself, that's tearing down. That's wrong and Jesus doesn't like it. So we need to be properly holding each other accountable. All right, now let me be clear. This means, what we're talking about this morning, it means that you can't make the decision and say, okay, I'm just never going to say anything about the sins of others ever. Okay, we've established, if, if you're guilty of all these sins, and you're not right, and you're living an unrepentant sin, then yes, you don't need to be the one calling out sin in other people's lives. You need to be repenting of those sins before you say anything to anybody. Okay? But if you are living in repentance, and you're keeping in repentance, and, and you are trying your best to stay pure before the Lord from a, a, a pure heart and, and good motivations, then Jesus says that what you need to be doing is holding your brothers and sisters in Christ accountable. We don't have the option to just check out and say, I'm never going to do this. Because the truth is, it's not a comfortable thing. It's never a, an easy thing to walk up to someone and say, hey, listen, like you've been wrong and you, you need to repent. But Jesus says that this is what the church needs to do for each other. It's how the church will hold each other accountable. So you can't just decide, oh, Jesus is not to judge, so I'm never going to say anything. When I was uh, a youth pastor in Georgia, uh, we did like this prayer station thing for the school that we had. And there's like hundreds of kids going through this prayer station. And I was doing a station, and my prayer station was all about praying for your friends that are not Christians. Praying for your lost friends. And this one boy came up to, not me, but another teacher that was, that was standing there, and he said, hey, I don't like this, because it makes me feel like I'm being judgmental, and I'm judging others, and Jesus says not to judge, so I don't feel comfortable praying for people who, who because I don't know their heart, I don't know if they're not saved, and if, and if I make that decision about them, then I'm judging, and I'm not going to do that. Well, we had to explain to him that the Bible is very clear about how a Christian is going to be living. It's very clear about what the life of a Christian is going to look like, right? So, and the Bible is clear that you need to be praying for your friends and family who don't know Jesus. You need to be praying for their repentance, that God may grant them repentance. So the Bible isn't telling you to do something that's wrong. It's never going to do that. So we had to have this conversation with this, with this student and tell him, like, this isn't, this isn't judging. This is not the same thing. What you're doing is you're taking note of people who clearly, the way they're living, it doesn't equal, it doesn't match up to what the Bible says they should be doing. And then you're praying for them so that they will get saved. This isn't being judgmental. And he goes, I don't like it, I'm not doing it, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I think this is wrong, I'm not going to do it. And he didn't do it. 
Because he was so stuck on, I don't want to judge people. I'm not going to be mean. Jesus says not to judge. I'm not going to do this. This is a healthy thing. It's a helpful and it's healthy for Christians to be holding each other accountable, but only if you're doing it properly. If you're doing it the right way, if you're doing it the way that Jesus says to be doing it, it is honoring to him. If you were here when we were going through James, you'll probably remember these verses because it was the last few verses in James. It says in James chapter 5, If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So we see very clearly in God's word that there is a place for you to go to someone who isn't following Jesus, who, who looks to be falling away. If somebody was saying, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, and I'm, I'm, I'm all in, and then they start living a lifestyle completely the opposite from what God's word says to do. There is a place, it is your job as a Christian to go to that person and say, hey, again, I'm telling you this because I love you. But you gotta, you gotta repent. Now, if you are currently like I said, living in some sin and you're, and you're aware or you're just not even thinking about it, you just have to make sure that you're not doing this the wrong way. The person who needs to go out of their way to say, hey, you need to repent, needs to be someone who took the log out of their eye. You understand? I hope that makes sense. You just got to make sure that you're living a life obedient to Jesus. Make sure that there are not some big, obvious sins that you're committing that you're not aware of. Number one, if you are aware of them, then you need to repent. You gotta repent of your sin. You understand? And number two, you gotta make sure that there's not a sin that you're not aware of. So be praying about these things. Guys, self-righteousness, it's a sneaky sin. It is so sneaky. It'll sneak up on you. It'll take you over before you even realize it's taking you over because it's all an attitude. It's about how you see others and how you think of others. So you need to make sure that you're paying attention to yourself. That you look inwardly and you're thinking about what sins am I committing? What's going on in my life before you even begin to think about the sins of others? Let's pray. God, please help us to live this out. Please help us to learn from the parable that we've read today. Help us to not be overly critical of other people. God, help us to be repenting of our own sin before we even think about criticizing and judging and looking at the sin of other people. God, help us to be a church that holds each other accountable but does it the proper and the correct way and let it be pleasing and glorifying to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.